You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sobriety with me, your friend, Ari Eastman. And I'm here with the woman who gave me life. And But shes I was going to say Mrs. Eastman, which you're not, and you never have been. Because you know why? Because she said, hey, bitch, I have a last name and I have an identity. And no man is going to take that from me except for when I got married my third time. And now I have a hyphen name with my stepdad. But for my father, she said, nope, siri, no, 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 no. And then, uh, and then with my stepdad, she said, okay, I guess. Okay. Uh, please welcome Victoria Lorekovich Miller. <laughs> all right. First of all, let me just clarify a tiny bit. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. So yes, I did my, marry my high school sweetheart, and I kept my name. And then yes, I married your dad. I kept my name. Yeah, we're talking uh, about three marriages, baby. And and I do remember when you were in kindergarten, and I helped in the classroom, and one of your teachers uh, came up to me and said you know, your last name is kind of hard to pronounce. So in this classroom, would you just mind being Mrs. Eastman? And then I was quite shocked. And then we went home and all the kids are calling me, you know, Mrs. Eastman, although they actually knew how to pronounce my name. Your name's not that hard to pronounce. Yeah. And then that night for dinner, I was just ranting and, you know, raving. I'm like, you know, how dare her? I mean, why she literally I'm coming in and she's changing my name, my identity. That is weird. Um, that is just ridiculous that she's, you know, I, I've never been Mrs. Eastman. I probably wouldn't even turn my head if children are calling me that. And so then what did you do? The next day you went to school and you told her, which was a <laughs> private conversation. And so, oh shit. Yeah. And um I, I ratted on you? Yes. And then Yeah, but was I doing it in a way to be like, hey, my mom's name is Lorekovich. That's right. She doesn't want to be, you know, known by some man's name, even if that man is my dad. Okay, she's got her own name and her own identity, and she doesn't like it. Uh, so then you said all that, and then the next thing I know, the teacher is calling me, you know, Ms. Lorekovich. And I said, oh, that was nice. And then you said, oh, yeah, I took care of that for you. And then you told me what you did. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But Oh, shit. Okay. Oops. And well, the, only yeah. reason, the only reason that I have a hyphen right now you know that when he married Martin, he had three school-aged children. And so already I was this new entity that was unknown. And so I simply added the dash Miller for when the kids were in school, that there would be an association and be able to connect me to them. That is, I know. I'm reason. giving you a hard time. Let I me know. tell you, after the kids are all out of school, I might just drop the Miller. You're going to drop it? <laughs> yeah. Right? So... Did you yeah. legally change it? I can't remember. I did, but I can legally drop it, you know, do whatever. I mean, right now, who knows what's going to happen, but at least right now I can change my, my name. Now, at some point, the Supreme Court <laughs> like, you can't. that, nope, you take your man's name. And you yeah, have no like, choice. There, someone's like, well, what if I'm um, in a lesbian relationship? They're like, yeah, well, those aren't legal anymore because exactly. that's where we're headed with this fucking Supreme Court. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, not to get too yeah. political on you guys, but you got to be prepared for the day they say, hey, um, your last name uh, has to be just the first man you walk by and make eye contact with. Uh, Yep. And then he owns you. He that owns you. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. That's just sad because, you know, at this point, it feels like anything is uh, 
on on the table or off the table or off our uterus or whatever anyway um I didn't I didn't I didn't know that that I just ratted you out to the teacher I feel like I feel like I was um probably because I mean anything anybody ever told me it's just like yo fair game I'm telling my mom like any person's secret and I'm to be honest sorry everybody that's kind of still the case now you don't even care because it's I'm telling you I'm like oh blah 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 did blah 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 and you're like I don't know any of these people it's a little less interesting for you because at least in high school and middle school you were like aware of the people I was talking about but I didn't realize I was also just telling uh all the all of the things you told me to other people too yeah it was it was a day where I was venting at the dinner table and then you decided well I'm take care of this yeah She's not going to call you Mrs. Eastman anymore. No. It is what it is. Well, how how, how you been doing? Uh, well, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a, that's a question. Like, I feel like any, I was about to be like anyone with a uterus, but you don't have a uterus. So, um. Wow. Waiting for a shame me. Sorry not to out you, not to out you. When my mom, so my mom had a hysterectomy. How many years ago was that? Uh, five, six, six years ago. Six years ago. And um, was it after, it was after, right, that you had the hysterectomy that you discovered that you'd had like pretty severe endometriosis? They discovered it during the surgery. Right. Because is that the only way they can, I mean, they have to kind of like get in there, right, to sort of like. Yeah, they knew that I had very huge fibroids that were causing a tremendous amount of pain and a lot of um, bleeding to the point where I would become anemic. And so that they could see on scans, but they could not see the endometriosis. So once they got in and they thought that it's a combination or maybe actually uh, the pain and and bleeding was actually probably more due to the endometriosis. So um, unfortunately, they had to take everything out. Well, yeah. And speaking of uh, endometriosis... You know that that's another thing that um, is on the docket for the Supreme Court to uh, take a look at is um, like access to birth control and all of these things that it's just like, are people idiots? Like, first of all, we should have bodily autonomy with whatever we want to do sexually and or the things that are done to us sexually that we didn't ask for. Like, we need to be able to have access to all these things. But also, people are so stupid. It's like, do you know how many medical um, uh uh, disorders or illnesses I don't know what the correct term is but medical things are treated by birth control and all of these other like kind of things that have absolutely nothing to do with even like uh, burying a child or not yeah. it's crazy because isn't that I mean birth control I feel like I know so many people who are on birth control because they have such severe severe periods right. and that's one of the only ways that like they can kind of manage it because again if this had been you know if men had just been like bleeding out their penises like you know they would have figured out all sorts of um helpful therapies and things but us it's just like here i guess you could go on birth control or like we could i guess take your uterus out <laughs> those are your options well, and then for women that are also struggling with uh menopausal symptoms um like you know basically hormone replacement therapy it's basically birth control that they're you know so yeah, there's a lot of different conditions that it But then there's cancer helpful. risks with that. It's like we're just so Right. Kinds <sighs> of female, yeah, breast and yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a private conversation that a woman needs to have with Yeah, or someone with a uterus. Or their, um, someone with the ability to get pregnant. Condition. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I've been trying. I'm not always good at it, but I've been trying when I talk about it to say women and to also say um, people who can get pregnant or because I just want to make, you know, I'm trying to be inclusive too because like we, you know, we know that this is also going to like disproportionately probably affect marginalized communities and that includes you know trans people and and just so much stuff and anyway not to get to going back to the silly things I did as a kid ah remember those good old days in the 90s I mean I'm sure bad things were happening then too but I don't remember because I was a little baby telling my teacher what my mom said I was listening to this other podcast where they were talking about like the worst things that they did as children and I was like I don't even want to go down that path because I did a lot of really bad things but um, more so when I got older, not so much as a child, child, but w- I was thinking like, what are some things that you can think of moments that like truly just embarrassed you that maybe I did not malicious things, but things that, you know, you just thought you had a moment where you went, why did I have a child? Why did I bring a child into this world? Can you think of any moments? Literally right away, uh, you know, on like day six, colic kicked in for you. So that wasn't an embarrassing thing. That was just a, I realized I'm not a person with all my health conditions that can, um, that can go without sleep. So yeah. I, I, oh, you're like six days in, I went, yeah, shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I was like, and I remember that at one, I was crying. I, I had you, I put you in like this little cradle next to the bed. And I had this like little nice, like huge blanket. And I had a heartbeat, you know, playing. And then I was, had the vacuum cleaner on and then I was like wait you had a heartbeat plane yes what is this freaking the 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 Edgar Allan Poe poem no because the infants find that comfort because they were inside that is so creepy anyway they uh so I I was underneath and I was rocking it and I was crying and I can still remember exactly where we were in that house in Berkeley and I just said to myself Victoria don't you ever ever do this again oh jesus yeah but you were uh, that's also postpartum like i mean did you have postpartum depression you think oh i was sleep deprived no i did not have that's what you know dad would say oh remember the baby blues and when i told grandma that i'm like if he says that i have the baby blues one more time i said i'm gonna kill him i swear (laughs) to god mom i am going to kill him and then she said well you know what Let's not do that because I don't think that would be good for your marriage. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this ever again. Anyway, I don't know how we got to the. Oh, well, I asked for an embarrassing moment and you oh, said yeah. six days after I had you, I said, uh, this is a mistake and I'm going to kill my husband. Well, I didn't say this. Was- do you have any do you have any lighthearted anad- anecdotes that you can share? Um, well, I do remember that I was going to just speak to you about things early on. I wasn't going to have like these certain, like, oh, when she turns nine, I'm going to give her this talk. And when she turns 12, I'm going to do this. And so uh, I was just very open and honest with you from the time that you were very, very little. And when you asked about, you know, babies and how they're made, um, I, I told you. And so I did get called to the, it was in, you were in preschool and I did actually get called to, um, by the director um, to, to come by and have a little chat with her. And she said, so, so one of the teachers had been pregnant, gave birth, came back, and she was showing the kids her new baby. The woman who had just had a baby said, um, 
uh, my, yeah, my baby was in my tummy, you know, and then the baby came out and here's the baby. And then you stood up and said, no, not your tummy. That's where food goes. That baby was in your uterus. Yeah. Correct information. Right. And then, and then they kind of, you know, asked you, you know, like, oh, that's good. But kind of like, you know, shut me down. So when she talked to me and said, uh, yes, she gave us um, quite a lesson on biology that none of us were expecting. And I thought, oh, my God, you literally told them, like, I guess how so. that happens. And when I found out that you just used the correct word, I was like, oh, God, thank God, because she could have said a whole lot more. So, you know, there's well, so that's like not that. that embarrassing, but you were like preparing for uh, it to be worse. I have absolutely no memory of receiving a sex talk. And I, ha- I can only believe that it's because I was so young that the memory didn't even set in. Yeah, so we had a repairman that came in and our wedding photo was on the wall and you had him, you said you wanted to show him something. You were great. <laughs> you pointed to me in my wedding dress and then you told him because I was pregnant when I was, before I got married. And so she said, and then you pointed to a spot on my dress, you know, like where the abdomen would be and said, see right there, you can't see me, but I'm actually in the picture because I'm inside of her right there. <laughs> and so I tell him that. Yeah, this was like a plumber that was coming in. <laughs> He's like, yeah. bro, I'm trying to fix the toilet. This yeah. kid is just like talking about how uh, she was born out of wedlock. Or no, I'm sorry. I was born in wedlock, but I was conceived out of it. That's a bit, yeah. So anyway, so, you know, just things like that, you know, you know, you know. But Well, those all, those all seem like you issues because well, you decided to. Oh, that's true. You I decided just, to vent about wanting the correct name and I fixed that for you and then yeah. you decided to tell me when I was like six days old and having colic uh what body parts were which and I was just trying to share that it, to me it sounds like I have just been throughout my life trying to share accurate information with people yes that, that is true but uh, you know we were living in an area where I don't think everybody um appreciated that yeah uh, so yeah you, you had one friend that I said listen She's got the same kind of philosophy. You can talk to her about these things. Well, so another thing I wanted to kind of bring up because it was a very, very kind of um, serendipitous sort of uh, bittersweet moment. Um, Don't I tell recently, exactly what it is, though. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm teeing it up for you, Mom. I'm teeing right. it up. So my mom recently came to visit me, uh, help me move into a new apartment. And... Um, of course, I'm going through boxes and all sorts of stuff. And um, mom, you want to share a little bit about like what you've been kind of looking for? And Yes. So when um, when dad died, we had a service and there were two parts to the service. I mean, I, the entire service was beautiful. Um, but there were two things, physical things um, that we had. One was a CD of pictures of him basically from you know, birth through late adulthood. Um, and I still had those. And then the other CD that I had was you. You had made something that you wanted to share and show at the service. And so I knew where everything was in Danville. But when I moved and I was going through and unpacking things and looking at things, I realized that that CD that you had made, right, of dad um, was- It was like there. a little, it was like my- I was very much into vlogging at the time, um, YouTube and 
and and really kind of I really thought about life and I, I have kind of always been this way I thought about life and and moments as like things to kind of like you know capture and so I I I had been documenting and filming because at that time I think I really wanted to be like a documentarian and you know kind of all that stuff right. so I'd been filming a lot of dad um I'd had plenty of footage of us throughout my life because we would always do skits and videos, but I also really started filming when I kind of realized that he was dying so that I could kind of have stuff. I don't really know why I wanted to remember that because that was a really difficult time, but um, yeah, I was recording a lot of stuff, so I put that together. Right, and I, and I couldn't find it, and I tore through So this is literally now going on 10 years that that thing has been gone, uh, and Martin insists, no, it's got to be here. You know, all of us are kept together. So he... And that was like before we even had Macs. Like that was on like a Windows computer. Right. So that, so there are basically like three, three um, things where it could be. One was on your old computer. One, I should have a copy of it um, for my computer. And then we had this floppy disk that it, the information was on. Um, and yet we didn't have your computer anymore. We didn't have my computer anymore. Um, the computer that we had from that era that I did keep that was a Mac, none of that information was on there, not even the little pieces that you had previously recorded. Um, and Martin has torn the garage apart looking for it, and we cannot find it. Um, and it's kind of hard to know whether something um, is, has it just vanished and we'll never find it again, or is it just hidden? And it's so I actually have... and. There are so many things that I've given away in the move. And, and you know, bottom line is that, yeah, some of think, oh, I wish I had nothing out of that. But nothing was in, nothing really mattered that much to me except for that particular CD. And I don't even know why. But it was so, so important that I have. Well, of course you know why. Because it was like something I, I it, it's like a tangible piece of uh, our our grieving process you know right but I had lots of pictures I had video I had a lot of different why but I made but I think probably because I made that you know what I mean like I was 16 and I made that and that was like my way of saying goodbye to him right uh so it which is something that was super important to me that I thought was lost forever so when we were when I was helping you with your move and you had a box I think with like just had like like, random no, stuff random. like some people would have like a junk drawer and um, you had different things and you know we could have easily just taken that gone through it and just dumped it um and you were taking things out and discarding things and then you found a little flash drive and then it had on it the name the fallen heroes which was an organization that and i had did, like charity work for, yeah yeah right for a couple of years and then you said oh this must be yours um but it was funny that it ended up in your pile so then i thought oh well maybe I borrowed it from you to put something on and then you took it back, whatever. Anyway, so when we plugged that in, it was, and we were going through with, there were some funny things on there, like these crazy videos that you made that probably would be inappropriate for you to, uh, to play today. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, probably. There were some videos of us doing stuff like freshman year and the kind of humor that was, um, that was happening in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Humor in 2006 is not humor in 2022. 2022. Yeah, that's right. 2022. 2022. Yeah. 
So, um, so, so that was fun. I almost felt like, oh, I got a piece of like your childhood that was preserved, right? That would be just for us, not something that we would share with others. And then, OMG, we found it. Yeah, it was the, it was like the last, last it was the last thing on there was the tribute tribute and it says like tribute for dad. And then um, you know, we watched it, we cried, and I and so I have it now you upload it to your computer. So mm-hmm. I've got the the um, thumb drive and then also having that, you know, stored in the cloud. So if something happens, I still have that. Um so that, it was your last night visiting me too. Yeah, and I was there for eight days, and it's kind of crazy that we. I mean, there was we did. And there are eight days of Hanukkah, wow. and Dad is Jewish. Wow. We found wow. it on the last day of Hanukkah there in we June. Well, I think that you know I felt like we spent our time well. I mean, you were still having to work, and we were moving all the heavy stuff, building stuff, putting stuff up. You know. Even a, a towel bar because you can have it in your bathroom. It just there was like so much stuff that we did in such a short amount of time. Yeah. But we still also went out. We had some nice dinners. You know, I met a friend of yours, so we still tried to incorporate right some fun things into our um, into our experience. On our last night, we found our it. Last night, we found it, and it was just very bittersweet. And it, yeah. were, it it's was weird. It's weird for me because. Sometimes I I just like it. I don't think I realize until so many years later on, because you know I was sixteen and I'm you know thirty now. It's like that's a, a, a event. I'm getting close to. Uh, eventually, I will have lived longer without dad than with dad, which is right. a very um, strange thing to think about. And yeah. realizing how much of that time to like I kind of. Uh, blacked out or I don't know just like the the child trauma brain just really like shuts it out and so you know seeing him too that was like obviously like I do remember what he looked like towards the end but seeing him and stuff it was very like um it was I think maybe even more difficult for me just because like I think I really really blocked a lot of it out and whereas you were, you could, you were in the thick of it. You're an adult. That's your husband. You, you, you were the primary caretaker. Like, I, I don't think you have the capability to block that out. It's just like, you know what I mean. Um, whereas I was a teenager, so I was still like going off and doing dumb things with my friends and being silly and goofy and like going to concerts and like, you right. know. So it was very difficult to like see him like that again. But um, you know, also ultimately, I'm very, very glad that we found that video. Yeah, me too. Also weird for me to see how how um how in some ways I've kind of like always been the same person. Like, you know, that the idea that I like sit down at the very end of it and I speak directly to camera and I sort of do this kind of very vlog style, um, which is just it's just funny because you realize like I've kind of always been this person where I'm like you know creating through social media or whatever like even before that was really a thing that's just kind of for some reason how my brain has always operated as like talking to a camera well and your personality shows through uh Gloria Steinem I remember said that when she turned 80 the thing that she found most surprising is that she was still her yeah and I mean that think about it's kind of a that you know it's not like all of a sudden you hit a certain number and morph into an adult or an elderly person, or, you know, all of a sudden you're knitting and baking cookies. So 
who you are as a young person. Uh, hopefully you keep evolving, right? But basically the core of who you are and your interest and your passion, it stays the same. Yeah. And that's actually a, um, I think that's a favorable message. That's a, right. It makes aging a little bit, um, not as daunting, right. That up your, your passions. I hear people say that all the time when they talk about getting older of them being like, I don't feel older or I don't feel like maybe physically you do, but of being like, I don't feel that different from when I was, you know, this age or I'm still this person. And yeah, I think we really put this idea that you're going to like, yeah, tra- like you said, transform into someone else. And, and, but yeah, I just, it was, that was the, that was the part seeing him was very, very hard, but then seeing like me kind of direct to camera at the end, um, I found very kind of like, um, I don't know, sort of like soothing and reassuring in a way to be like, oh, look at me. Like that that's me. And like, I've, I've always been that person and like, I'm still that person. And, and also to see that like, that was how I chose to channel my grief and that uh, that's kind of, I've always kind of done that. And I think people sometimes talk about the idea of like, oh, people sometimes think it's weird. And if you're a private person, if you're not someone who that's kind of your thing, um, I get why it would be off-putting. Like I remember when Chrissy Teigen, who I I, I think Chrissy Teigen, I have my own issues with Chrissy Teigen because she's done weird things. But when she... Um, had experienced uh the loss of her baby um they I don't remember if it was stillborn but you know she had she had that very traumatic um loss and she posted photos on Instagram and sort of like you know holding um her baby and kind of talking about it and I remember like people being like why would you share that or why would you post that and I look at that and I go I totally get that for whatever reason. That's the way I grieve too. And that's the way I process too is like creating something and like sharing it with people. And it's not so much, I know that you're putting it out for public consumption, but it's also like for whatever reason, that process of creating it and putting it out there is like my, is like one of my ways of like just communicating with the world, but also like with myself, but like with myself too. It's almost like how I communicate with myself in a weird way. Um, and so it was just kind of cool to see, like, to, to sort of see, you know, six, it was weird to see 16 year old me, you know, like doing that a little bit. Yeah. And I was just, and, and also I was looking at myself too. And I was like, girl, the eyeliner, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. You were 16. So I know. That's I know. All right. It's too much. Well, yeah. all well right. I love you. Well, that- I'm going to see you soon. Yep. Yep, you're going to see me and you're going to see Caitlin. Well, I love you, Mom. I'll see you soon. We'll do a longer episode when you are visiting and um, we'll see what other crazy thing we uh, discover. Maybe I can pull out another box and see if we can find, like, I don't know, like a like an heirloom from another yeah, right. like dead yeah, relative. Right. Yeah. You never know. All right. I love you, Mom. Love you, too.